Hello, my name is Rebecca May Johnson. I'm a writer and cook, and this is my Substack. This week's newsletter is about pie, coffee, and bathrooms in New York, and the first instalment of Eating Notes from New York. Out of order in New York. On a weird weather day in New York, where it was both hot and cold, raining and not raining, when I had period cramps that were intensified by my decision to walk 25,000 steps in a new pair of shoes. We ended up, not at all by design, in the cafe whose exterior, but not interior, is used for the images of the diner in the sitcom Seinfeld, Tom's restaurant. We were both hungry and not hungry and almost did not stop. And Sam was especially unsure of whether he wanted to go in fearing a tourist trap. But I said, I need something sweet, and became keen on the notion and insisted on it, which gave us a direction, and we grumpily walked up the ramp to the door. It was not a pilgrimage for me, as while I have watched a few episodes of Seinfeld, I would not characterise myself as a fan because of the lack of intensity of my viewing. I do like Seinfeld, from what I have seen, and recognise the qualities that have made it iconic, but I have not had the occasion, nor have I intentionally created the occasion, to watch all of it. I have not binged, but have infrequently grazed on the show, which I did not grow up with and have also not watched with friends in shared housing while hungover, etc. However, I do have a long-held fascination with diners and had set my heart on eating a slice of pie while in America, having seen people do so in countless American TV shows, perhaps most formatively in David Lynch's series Twin Peaks. Sitting and eating pie appears to bring comfort and relief. Thinking of Kate Lebo's writing about various blue-coloured berries in The Book of Difficult Fruit, I did not emulate Agent Cooper by choosing cherry pie, but instead chose blueberry pie, which felt like more like a holiday as I've not encountered it in England. I had the pie served a la mode, warm with ice cream and with a black filter coffee. Sam had a black filter coffee too and did not order pie, but grew interested once mine arrived and in the end ate around a third of it. The pie was generously filled, sweet but fruity enough, with a distinct flavour of blueberry. Juices thickened, but not too thick, with cornflour. The crust was inoffensive and the ice cream was a cool contrast that cut through. We became happier and happier as we made our way through the pie and coffee. Booths had burgundy pleather seating set against dark wood veneer and the pale peach marble formica tabletops with chrome trim and were separated from each other by clear perspex screens that I guess were installed in the height of the pandemic. Nonetheless, we could still hear a woman in late middle age sitting in the next booth, speaking in a near continuous stream to her friend about tornadoes and haircuts and the cities in which she had lived. It was around 3pm, so there weren't too many other people in. Two students sat down and ordered several large plates of food each, from which they picked lackadaisically with their forks. 
Then an older man and teenage girl, I guess father and daughter, came in. He was on a pilgrimage, and she took photos of him holding the menu and grinning. He was thrilled to be there. Apart from the man being photographed and a few press clippings on the wall, the diner did not generally feel like a tourist trap. It was not more expensive than other places, and the food was what I had hoped. Two things did diminish the impression of welcome in the diner, however. One, more modest, was the sign that said solo diners were not permitted to sit in booths during busy hours. All of the seats, apart from a few stalls at the bar, are booths. I can see the economic logic of this in a restaurant in the centre of town. But it felt mean, as single diners are denied the comfort of being able to recline in a seat with a back and some privacy. The second, more significant because of its deceit, was the laminated sign on the door of the bathroom that said, out of order. A waiter overheard me lamenting the fact of the bathroom, but said, oh no, it's working, you can use it. This was the second of three incidents where restaurants and diners had signs saying, out of order, in the few days I spent walking around New York. I grew to realise that the signs were a deterrent for people who needed the bathroom but did not have the means to eat in the restaurant, or who simply needed the bathroom but did not need to make a purchase. I noticed that the signs themselves were in poor shape, sometimes taped together, despite their guise as a temporary measure for e.g. a blocked drain or broken tap. They were long-term fixtures. I suppose the function of the sign would be so that if someone who was not a customer came in and looked to the waiting staff for permission to use the bathroom, they would be able to shake their head in resignation as if they were powerless to help out, or perhaps to simply point to the sign that said, out of order, and that would be the end of it. Earlier that day, I had needed the bathroom desperately, and after trying a Dunkin' Donuts with no bathroom, was saved by book culture on West 112th Street, who made their staff bathroom available to customers. When I used the bathroom at Tom's restaurant, all was in working order. Given the apparent scarcity of public restrooms in New York, the deception lessened the effect of pie and coffee. Eating Notes on our first day in New York, Nellie took us to Joe's Steam Rice Roll in Landmall Quest Mall in Roosevelt Avenue in Flushing to eat Chung Fun. We sat at a counter and had the rice rolls with omelette, prawns, lettuce and spring onions and Joe's special, of which I can't remember the filling. I had a brown sugar milk tea at WT Bubble Tea Shop in Manhattan as bubble tea is a newfound passion. I am late to the bubble tea party and a relative novice. Some very good dollar slices on a tray as the shop was closing after going to an event for Mackenzie Walk's new book, Raving, at the nightclub slash bar slash restaurant nowadays, with excellent performances and readings from Brock Collier, Jesus Hilario Reyes, aka Morenex, Sabrina Imbler, Oni Lem, and Saul Musavi, and a reading from Walk, too. Korean barbecue in Flushing, with infinite sides and the most tender meat with Nellie's housemates. The barbecue was managed immaculately by the staff who replaced the grill with a clean, cold one multiple times, 
to lower the temperature and prevent the meat from burning. Celery salad made by Nellie's friend Tynan, who also made dozens of delicious dumplings and the bowls we were eating from. Dunkin' Donuts and coffee for a road trip to Troy on the Hudson to visit Nellie's family. I really enjoyed it. Iced with sprinkles. Thanks for listening.